Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Done week one and stood out. Didn't. Who has some question marks to maybe answer heading into week number two? We break down Nebraska and Fresno State last night. Uh, a 43-10 win over the Bulldogs. Very powerful moments in that game for remembering Sam Folds. And what was kind of a business-like game for the Huskers. We'll dive into that. We'll Look ahead to Wyoming that comes to town next Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on the Big Ten Network. And with that, we say good to have you with us. Some brains goes, this is the Scoes Knows show. You knew they were going to do something yesterday. You just really weren't sure what that was going to be, how powerful it was going to be, and how you were going to handle whatever was going to happen to pay tribute to Sam Folds yesterday. Obviously, before the game, very powerful moments for the, with the team getting fired up to remember Sam. And I think one of the more powerful moments I've been a part of as a fan and as a spectator in the stadium when Nebraska lined up for its first punt of the year and had 10 men out on the field and waited to take a delay game penalty that in return was declined by Fresno State, which was highly classy of the Bulldogs and Tim DeRuiter. I also thought it was very classy of Fresno State to wear decal on their helmets of the letters SF. Um, the team is very motivated by this right now. It's very powerful that we will continue to recognize and remember Sam every single day and every week when the Huskers suit up and play at home. He's a part of this team throughout and through and very powerful yesterday. And I am very honored and very proud to have been in person to share that with 90,000 people on 
a moment that we probably won't ever forget because we won't ever forget him. Moving on to the game, my initial take of the game is kind of vanilla in in regards. If you listen to Big Red Reaction, I'm a very avid caller to the fan wrap-up show that Husker Sports Network puts on every week. And my comments are ones of Nebraska just kind of was pretty vanilla. You know, the the mind, the mindset, the mentality was pretty obvious. Run the football. They clearly felt, even with all the tape and film they watched of Fresno State, that they were pretty much more talented than Fresno State, and I think that was pretty obvious. And that they felt they could do and move the ball on the ground kind of at will. Now, saying that and actually doing that are sometimes two totally different things. But at the end of the night, when you rush for 292 yards, you only give up 31 yards rushing. You're having a pretty good day on the ground. One of the stats Nebraska, I think, has to continue to win, time of possession. Huskers with 31-53 on the time of possession. Fresno State with 28-07. If you're winning that part of the game, a stat I think gets overlooked because you're running the ball. And when you run the ball, you can dictate what you want to do and you can control the pace of play that you want for the game. I thought it was, we saw a little bit of passing. The passing I saw, I wasn't necessarily terribly impressed with. Obviously, Tommy's got an arm. He's got strength behind it. And he's going to throw deep down the field. And when he does that, he's going to take big shots. But the Alonzo Moore touchdown, what I thought was more saved by him, um, Alonzo Moore made a great play himself on a ball that was slightly underthrown deep, made a nice play. Really big touchdown. Nebraska's got to make those. Nebraska's got to feel that they have the ability to throw the ball down the field. What still concerns me is the lack of intermediate passing that Tommy didn't do. I did see him last night check down to the running back on a pass play, but the pass was so poorly thrown that Devine didn't really have a chance to really do anything with it. Could have got 10 to 15 more yards. Stephen Carter was open a few times. There will be more passes. This offense will probably look a lot more dynamic but you didn't really necessarily need to do that last night against a, a team that was overmatched. I thought defensively the team looked a little bit more aggressive. I'm still concerned about that defensive line going forward. They played good gap integrity last night where they really didn't allow Fresno State's running game to get going. They were kind of there. They were filling holes. The pressure was there at times, but – not as consistent as I would like to see against an opponent like Fresno State. You feel that they're going to get pretty good at stopping the run, but they're going to have to be able to generate sacks in key moments of games and put pressure on quarterbacks. 
at times it looked like we blitzed a little bit more, especially off the corners, came in quite a bit, and the outside linebackers came in quite a bit. Uh, Banker's going to dial up some pressure. I think he's realizing that in order to take the pressure off is this young front four that doesn't have a lot of starting experience, you're going to have to bring your linebackers, and your linebackers are going to have to get in there and make some big plays. And I really feel that they made they made some some plays when they had to, but they didn't necessarily make them consistently through the whole game. I also kind of think that one of the things that will be very interesting to see is how the back secondary plays with Nick Gary back in the fold next week. I think at times the team missed him, the corners missed him. We're going to play a lot of man coverage, it looks like. I didn't see a lot of zone last night. I saw a lot of cover one and cover two, and cover one is basically man coverage with one safety over the top, and cover two is the same thing, man coverage on the outside with two safeties over the top. Uh, I thought Karan Williams played really well. He, If he stays healthy, he had himself quite the game. He was kind of everywhere. He had a really nice hit, I thought, in uh, towards the end of the game when Fresno possibly looked like they were driving. He got a little fired up, could have been ejected for targeting, which I thought that was a targeting call, not the one that basically kicked out with Gifford earlier in the game. But going forward, I really think the secondary played well. I don't care who you who you are. I don't care who you play. I think when you only give up, you know, 274 yards of total offense and 31 of those came on the ground, so the team passed for 243 yards, you're not having a bad day. And in that retrospect, you only gave up 10 points. Um, all in all, pretty solid uh, outing for the defense. A solid way to start the season for both teams. I mean, for both sides of the ball. The basketball needed it. You have to remember last year, new coaching staff, not sure what you had, playing a really good team in, in BYU and Taysom Hill, kind of went back and forth, back and forth, and then you lost. And you lost at the very end on a Hail Mary that really set the tone, I think, for the whole season that it was going to be a tough year, regardless of how much we're in games, how much we're fighting, how much we're getting better it was going to be a tough year. You don't necessarily really have that. you got an offense right now with the mentality that they are going to run the football and run the football with a lot of authority, with a lot of drive. I thought Troy Bryant looked really, really good at the end of the game. I know it's in – Mop-up duty, I know it's kind of just not necessarily terribly exciting to get out there when the game's in hand, but he has very good vision, and it is very clear that he has earned some playing time because of his athletic ability. I'm really excited to see what he can do returning the football. I think he will do very good with that. His vision, you can't coach vision. 
you can help guys get better at it, but he's got some natural ability with the way that he can re-holes. He's shifty. He's quick. He's a good running back. I think Devine is the back of the team, not Terrell Newby. I wasn't necessarily disappointed in Terrell, but I've never necessarily been very pleased with the style he runs with. I don't think he makes great decisions. I don't think he really reads the hole very well. He's more of a scat back. He's a guy who needs to kind of get outside and then showcase his speed. Devine has got a little bit of both. He ran, I thought, very well north to south, got upfield in a hurry, really attacked uh, various areas of of Fresno's defense. Um, he's the real deal, and I've kind of been saying that since last year when we really struggled, but he came in and did some really nice things. And going forward, I think this coaching staff really has to look at letting Devine tote the rock a little bit more because he outperformed newbie who was the starter and a little over 100 yards rushing on the ground he had a good day and Devine's the guy going forward and I think if your emphasis is run the football and run the football well with your zone gap blocking scheme that you better have the right running back in the backfield who can run the ball and run the ball well all in all when you don't turn over the ball and you put up a little over 400 yards of total offense you run the ball for 292 yards, you're going to have a pretty good day. Nebraska had a pretty good day yesterday. Probably the one area I think Mike Riley was really disappointed was was penalties. Uh, Nebraska had seven penalties last night for 80 yards, and some of those penalties are in the category of personal fouls, roughing the passer, you know, late hits, unsportsmanlike conduct. Those kinds of things. you got to clean those up. Um, you can get in. You, you can be concerned about that in a couple of weeks when that team from way out west in the green shows up and they've got some cocky players and they've got some guys that want to get under your skin on purpose. And if you can't keep your head on your shoulders, you're going to give up big plays via penalties that's going to ruin the game and could ruin – or cost you the game down the road. they got to get better at that. I was really pleased to see that there wasn't a lot of holding penalties. We're also really not throwing the ball a lot yesterday. So we'll kind of see going forward if we're a little bit better in terms of false starts and holding penalties. Those are offensive drive killers, and I'd be very curious to see how that line plays when – the pressure is increased and the atmosphere is that much more intense because it's a bigger game. Final thoughts on the game are it's what you got to do. You got to go out and, and dominate a team that you're clearly better than and you get on and get ready for week two. Now by that take good job for the Huskers really proud and Really happy that they can go out there and take care of business. Boy, I tell you what, it was a very interesting weekend in college football. We kind of knew that that's what was going to happen. That was going to be very, it was a very big weekend. There was going to be some really big games, just I think across the board, um, across I mean just across the country. 
And we saw that. We saw some things happen in the Big Ten that's going to open your eyes a little bit and really, really, really make you wonder what's going to happen here moving forward. Uh, Across the league, the game that obviously stands out, I think, that put the Big Ten on the map, not to say the Big Ten wasn't, uh, was Cats and Pools up probably arguably the biggest upset of the weekend. They beat number five LSU 16 to 14. They really, they really, if you go back and watch that game, they really took it to uh, LSU. They really made Leonard Fournette earn every yard. They really dictated the line of scrimmage, and LSU's issues are so big in the fact that they cannot get better play from their quarterback. They just can't. They can't do it. it and Brandon Harris cost them a chance at the end of the game to move the ball, get into a, a scoring drive where they could win the game. And I really think that going forward, LSU has got to get a lot better at that because it's going to be really, really, really tough for them. Uh, across the board, Indiana won on Thursday night against Florida International, 34-13. Minnesota was kind of in a dogfight with Oregon State. That game, if you watched it on Thursday night, the opening week, opening night of college football, I was disappointed. Their offense does not look very good right now. Uh, as good as Mitch Leitner is and as easy as that schedule is, they really struggled offensively. They missed the integration of the running back. They really, really miss him. Um, but they also clearly have the same thing, that they don't have a great passing game to offset the running game. And that's going to be the issue, I think, for them going forward. Well, Michigan State took care of Furman 28-13. to Tyler Connor didn't have to necessarily get too flashy, but they kind of did what Nebraska did, just go through the motions, get done, move on to next week. And they play Notre Dame in a couple of weeks because so they get a bye week next week. And then in two weeks when Nebraska plays Oregon, Notre Dame and Michigan State will play, and that will be one hell of a good game as well. Obviously, we know Wisconsin beat LSU 16-14. Ohio State trounced Bowling Green 77-10. JT Barrett had seven total touchdowns, and they put up the most yards they've ever put up in one game offensively. Really, really, really impressive win for Ohio State at home. I'd be very curious to see how they play on the road at Oklahoma in a couple weeks. But they look good. They look dangerously good right now. Michigan trounced Hawaii 63-3. to Probably the one not so disappointing, but Rutgers pretty much got trounced by oh, number 14, Washington, 48-13. to Chris Ash had a, just a really tough, tough game uh, for, yeah, for his first head coaching experience. Really... Not surprised watching this pretty good team. Rutgers got a lot of things to figure out, especially offensively. They really could not move the ball. They really could not get themselves in a groove and 
you can't do that on the road. You're going to have a really, really tough, tough game. Iowa, no problems with Miami of Ohio, 145-21. Purdue, no problems with Eastern Kentucky at home, 145-24. Maryland, no problems with Howard, 52-13. to We'll get back to this game here in a second, but Western Michigan beats Northwestern 22-21, and arguably what would be one of the more controversial plays of the game, and especially at the end. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Penn State wins 33-13 over Kent State. Illinois trounces Murray State. 52 to 3, and the Huskers win 43 to 10 to round out the Big Ten. So, Western Michigan goes into Northwestern, beats Northwestern, and at the very end of the game, Clayton Thorson is running into the end zone, dives for the end zone, fumbles the ball on the half yard line, the ball rolls into the end zone where the Western Michigan player clearly looks to have the ball and swing it back into the end zone where two Northwestern players recover it in the corner of the end zone. By rule, after looking at it, it was ruled that the player had control or possession of the ball, so by rule, it's an automatic touchback. But what a wild ending to a game that Northwestern found themselves on the other side of last year, which was winning the close games. Now they find themselves kind of on the losing end of that. The issue for Northwestern, I think, going forward is their offense's inability to really throw the ball and move the ball through the air. That was the issue last year, and their defense got gassed. They got tired of being out there. They got tired of having – to stop North or Western Michigan running the football right down their throat. And going forward, Northwestern's got a lot of really big games this year. They play, you know, they play Michigan State. They're going to play Ohio State. They're going to play us. They're going to play a handful of teams. And if you can't stop teams from running the football right down the middle, you're going to have a really, really tough year. I don't think it's what Northwestern envisioned that they were going to have for their first game considering they're coming out of a 10-win year last year, really, really curious to see what they will, how they'll respond next week. But, man, one of the more wilder endings that I've ever seen in a football game, and you got to credit Western Michigan. I knew that's a good team. I figured that they were going to go into Northwestern and give Northwestern all they could handle, and they were able to come out and find a way to win, and that's one of the bigger upsets, I think, that makes that hurts the Big Ten a little bit in week one. Northwestern plays Illinois State next week. You'd like to think that they'll be able to rebound and win that game, but man, really, really tough, tough loss for the Wildcats in week one. Well, Wyoming comes to Lincoln next week, 1-0. They pull an upset in their home opener and beat Northern Illinois in triple overtime. Huge win for Craig Bull at home to start the season. Northern Illinois is one of those, I thought, is a dark horse sleeper in the MAC. 
really, really big win. They'll come in riding a lot of momentum for this game. Looking at the numbers, uh, Allen with 19-29 for 245 yards and two touchdowns. Nice running back in Benny Hill, 33 carries, 125 yards and two touchdowns. And they have a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, Jared Mulhart caught five catches for 106 yards. A really, really good game by the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have come in with a lot of momentum. And they will not be intimidated. Um, I'm feeling that Nebraska should be able to move the ball pretty easily. This is a defense that just gave up 462 yards of total offense, including 329 in the air to Northern Illinois. Nebraska might be able to pass the ball a lot better and should be able to run the ball a lot better. Um, I don't think it'll definitely be a tighter game, but it's definitely an opponent and Nebraska's got to take a little bit more seriously than just, hey, we're going to show up and just roll you and roll the ball right down your throat and we'll be fine. I think going forward, Nebraska's really, 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 really going to have to run the ball, protect the football, and improve. And the improvement, I think, comes in penalties. you got to get better at keeping your head on right. you got to get better at having penalties not be huge drive killers for you going forward. I feel they'll be, they'll, they'll be better. They'll be improved, but it'll be very interesting to see what they will do kind of going forward. Huge, huge, huge games across the country. I think one of them that stands out to me is Georgia. And Georgia played North Carolina. And with Nick Chubb back, they're able to essentially run the ball at will towards the end of the game and win. And I really, really, really think that Georgia, with a healthy Nick Chubb, is going to be a really dangerous team. That was one of the that was one of the games that kind of stood out to me. I also was very curious at how A and M played, able to fight off UCLA's late push kind of at the end of the game. So some nice wins out there. Auburn did not, or Auburn gave Clemson all they could handle, and. Man, I tell you what, Clemson just didn't really play that well, especially on the road. And man, Alabama looked good and then some trouncing USC. Interesting to see what happens tonight. Notre Dame and Texas get going at 6.30 tonight. Really, really curious. That line has changed dramatically. What was a five-and-a-half point stretch for Notre Dame is now down to just two-and-a-half points. One of people thinking... Notre Dame's going to struggle at Texas tonight. And then tomorrow night, Old Miss and Florida State play to give us a wrap-up on week one of the college football season. Live show come back again on Sunday at noon. We'll talk about Nebraska's game against Wyoming. We will look at the rest of the Big Ten, and we will begin to preview arguably the biggest home game of the year. The Oregon Ducks will come calling 
Tennessee Town on September 17th. The Huskers better be ready. Oregon had a pretty nice win. 153 to 26 over UC Davis over the weekend. That's it for us, and that's it for the show. We'll be back on Sunday. Until then, shows us out. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.